0: Hello, fun people. I'm Isaac Carlson, and on Following Dreams, I'm focused on exploring the stories of people who are following their passions and achieving their dreams. I want to inspire you to pursue what you love by hearing how others have done it. This is my little... video interview podcast series, which means that if you want, you can listen to the audio version of everything I make on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. In the video realm, I've got WatsO videos, and in the audio realm, we have WatsO Radio. And if you enjoy what this series is doing, then consider reviewing the podcast on iTunes. Now, today, my, uh, I'm excited to be speaking to the creator of the YouTube channel, NerdSync who has crafted some of the most fascinating discussions connecting comics, pop culture, politics, and the world into long-form, beautiful productions. He's tackled Captain America Punching Nazis, the genre of Scooby-Doo, and his connection to the tragedy of Thor, just to name a few of the episodes that are my favorite. You can see his editing work on his channel through the Super Carlin Brothers' newest videos, and you can hear him in the D&D podcast Late to the Party. And I'll leave links to everywhere he is on the internet below, Welcome, Scott. Nice What? Holy cow!
1: Thank you. Some. What an introduction. I can't even <laughs> introduce myself that well.
0: Uh, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. You're someone that I like initially discovered through the Carlin Brothers. It was like, oh man, there's this new guy showing up, and so, <laughs> and then it was like starting to go through the deep dive of all of your like. Your very complex and intriguing videos The, you take the idea of a video essay and like push it to its max. <laughs> well, thank you so
1: much. I, <laughs> I really appreciate that. Mm-hmm. I remember even uh, cause you had, you had visited like last year or something like yeah. that. And uh, I didn't even know that you even knew who I was because you were, <laughs> And I think it was like the day you were leaving, you're like, Hey, by the way, Scott, before I leave, I love your stuff. And I was like, Oh my gosh, what? Hi.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. It was you know, it's always it's always one of those weird things because I'm like, you know, we're just like we're just all hanging out, but I'm like, dude, I, I've been I've been watching all your videos. You're one of the channels now that's like especially since your your videos take so long to create at this point that now they're like they're feature events <laughs> They real, you know, I didn't intend for them to be
1: that way. It's just <laughs> I have an issue, and I make this Oof. joke a lot, where I feel like I am incapable of writing a video under 30 minutes these days. <laughs> like every every Oof. time I'm like, I have an idea, and mm. then in like then like you know, 10, 15 pages of a script later, I'm like, okay, so maybe I need to edit some stuff
0: out. <laughs> uh, it's a bit much. Oof. Yeah, but I can. From the the few times I've talked about, like, the history of things or trying to bring whatever the story is that you're talking about into expanding it into the greater world, it suddenly becomes, there's so many more strings attached than, like, Mm -hmm. you can ever begin to think about. So your idea of, like, no content content only context makes so much more sense in that lens.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that was just, I think that was the thing I had tweeted out, like, years ago when someone when i kept writing i kept making like vague tweets about videos being like boy i'm spending you know 10 to 15 minutes just on the context surrounding this idea i'm not even (laughs) talking about the content it just kind of became a thing around the channel of just like that's what NerdSync is no Mm -hmm. content just context
0: (laughs) so to begin this conversation what are you passionate about what do all the things that you do why do they all mean something so special to you? That's a big question, and I
1: like that question. Um, <laughs> I think I think the the things that I I mean the things that I love. I mean I love comics and superheroes. I grew up, you know, loving comics and superheroes, um, and just the idea of like fantastical powers and like saving the day and going on all these adventures. And I think early, very early on, like in my, my YouTube channel, I would just talk very um, very like surface level about comics and superheroes. Just be like, here's a weird story that happened in a comic. And then um, when, I, when I, I, cause I was always a terrible student in school. Like I got terrible grades. I uh, you know, failed out of college. I am just a terrible student all the way through, but I was always told <laughs> that i just didn't apply myself that's a classic thing that teachers say they're just like he's smart but he doesn't apply himself um and i never really believed that so then when i started even like looking into these like comics and superheroes a little bit deeper beyond that kind of surface level of just like you know here's a wacky story i'm like okay but like What, why do you, why is Dr. Doom like hiding his face all the time? Cause like, there's like an idea where there's like a drawing where he's, his face isn't even all that like scarred or messed up. So is there like some sort of like psychological thing where he would do that? And I think that was my, one of my first videos years and years and years ago where I was like, let's try to dive a little bit deeper. And what I found was that I really, really love learning and I love asking questions and I love, Examining these things that I thought that I really didn't like history and psychology and philosophy, things that I was terrible at in school Mm -hmm. uh, actually made a lot more sense to me when viewed through a lens that I was already familiar with and invested in, which is comics and superheroes. And so that's what really kind of changed my channel the the first time around was just (laughs) being just being like, oh maybe I can go a little bit deeper and have these kinds of discussions that not a lot of people are having on, on YouTube in that current moment. Thankfully there's Mm -hmm. been a gigantic, um, boom of really incredible video essayists, um, who are taking all these kinds of topics and, and writing about them in ways that I, uh, only wish that I could achieve. (laughs) Everyone is so smart and so brilliant. Um, and then I think this year, very specifically, I decided, you know, I've been doing comics and superheroes for like six or seven years, and mm-hmm. I want to kind of branch out a little bit. And so I um, I've, I've decided to tackle things that I also love but are not in that specific field, things like Scooby-Doo and... Musicals mm-hmm. and uh, um, Dungeons and Dragons, things that are very that are in kind of like a similar like they're kind of nerdy, they're kind of dorky, but yeah, you know, but they're very different from what the the fan base that I had kind of gathered. And uh, I mean, now I'm working on a video about Bob Ross, so like, how much further <laughs> could I get away, you know, from from all this stuff? Mm-hmm. But I think it's just kind of like the love and 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 joy of kind of sharing. These things that I'm passionate about with people and getting people to think kind of critically, I guess, about the media that they consume, um, which is very exciting to me. And it's a constant challenge for me as well to even like look through different lenses of like, here's a thing I love. But like, let's really take a close look at it and see what's up. So Sure, sure. Yeah,
0: yeah it's the. It, it's interesting to hear you talk about that of the idea of you need to find some way to latch on to these topics and i mm-hmm. think that's i think that's why it always feels like when you're in like elementary school and stuff and you're finally given the opportunity to like write a paper about anything that you want related to history then everyone can find find something to get excited about mm-hmm. i feel like that's not done enough and that's really cool to hear that once you were able to do that and latch it on to pop culture and the things that, like, were already really important to you, that's when things got really interesting for you intellectually and being able to explore as a creator. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean,
1: now I have kind of the opposite problem. I think at the start I was like, all right, I want to talk about this comic book character or something, this comic book story, but I need a way to make it, like, educational and now i have like a different lens of like i just want to talk about this thing from history but i need to latch it on to something (laughs) that from pop culture uh to do it and i a video i made years ago was about this this guy who had invented um a a what he claimed was a real life death ray and uh became very famous for like this very mad science like a real life like mad scientist who was like yes i've made a death ray Uh, i can't show it to you but just trust me i've made one (laughs) and um and uh i was i became so fascinated with this person and the reason i found him and and discovered him and made a video about him is because he made like a sky projector and i was like perfect he's an inventor of the bat signal real life thing i can tie it back (laughs) to comic books now i can make a video about this person you know? Oh, that's great. <laughs> that's oh, it's
0: finding those little those little mm-hmm. things sometimes. Oh yeah. Mhm. Oh, it's very fun. That's yeah. That's that's exciting. I feel like that's something that I've been thinking about more recently. Is I've been lit like listening to books on Audible about Disney history, and I'm like, how is there a way to make this sound exciting for people that don't know who all these like key people are in the realm of like Disney history. Like everyone knows Walt Disney, Mm -hmm. but not everyone's got the name recognition of that. So how do you Mm -hmm. make it interesting to those people? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I feel like you've done a a really good job of opening up a topic and then being able to like tie yourself into it more and be able to build that connection to it. Yeah,
1: well, thank you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, I th- I think I think an, a thing that I've been learning for the past couple of years specifically is not just I mean you can go back in my my channel and and kind of see the the difference between videos then versus videos now, but I've I've kind of gone from presenting information in just kind of like a like an objective kind of like here's a fact, here's a fact sort of a thing into trying to like tell stories. And I think that's a that's a giant difference in how people can relate to people from history or even fictional characters. I mean, stories are like what hooks people, you know that's what that's what we all watch and consume. It's all stories. Um, and so changing that how I made videos from just being like, here's a couple facts about, you know this thing instead being like all right i want to tell i want to sit you down i want to tell you a story it could be a story about me i like i did with my dungeons and dragons video recently or it could be a story about this guy who claims he invented a death ray i want to tell you about that (laughs) person you know like taking these very obscure things and trying to latch them into something that's very like human and 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 very like yeah, easy to easy to understand, easy to grasp, and like really hooking people and be like, "Ooh, I want to hear what happens next."
0: Yeah, yeah, that you're like finding the protagonist of stories and yes. making it someone relatable instead of a sequence of events. I mm-hmm. I feel like that's one of the reasons that World War Two is so much more fascinating to people than World War One is because there was clear like figures that people like associate with each of like the different countries that were involved. (laughs) Yeah.
1: That's yeah. I think, I think you're right. I mean, I think it's, it's that exact sort of like, yeah, it's not just like a list of dates and events. It's like, Mm -hmm. here's, here are people. And there are some still people alive who were like attached to attached to that time of history. And you're just like, okay, here's their story. Here's a story from this, yeah
0: yeah so what led you to get interested in comics films and producing videos initially was it solely on the back of spider-man 2 or were there other inspirations (laughs) (laughs) spider-man 2
1: is a massive influence for me uh Mm -hmm. for sure especially the the video game with mysterio and i was like ooh, here's like a guy who is A, uh, a special effects artist. That sounds really interesting. I didn't even know you could do that. Um, I think before then it was just my dad growing up, um, was a very big comic book fan. And so he would kind of share that part of his life with me. And that definitely influenced me to even be interested enough to be like, I want to go see Spider-Man. Um, and then, yeah, for sure, like playing, seeing superhero movies, comic book movies playing video games with superheroes reading comics um and i genuinely mysterio (laughs) the character mysterio (laughs) was like here is a person in the film industry i know he's a villain but he at least piqued my interest a little bit so i started looking into like video editing and, and visual effects and special effects and was just so fascinated by that whole, like, Oh, you can just do that. You could like make these cool things happen. And so a couple friends of mine started a like you old YouTube channel back. Uh, I don't even know what year it was very early on. I still had hair on my head at that time. (laughs) Um, (laughs) and we, we just made sketch comedy and I want to use comedy in the biggest of air quotes possible. (laughs) Um, it wasn't very good. Um, and, but we had a lot of fun and I had a lot of fun editing and I especially liked anything that required us to do like special effects and visual effects. I always felt that was good. And so I went mm-hmm. to college, uh, f- uh, for like a film degree. Um, as I said, I failed out of college because, uh, I had watched so much YouTube, um, for like film production channels, like, uh, Indie Mogul gigantic influence on me um film Riot still producing content very big influence on me as well um video co-pilot with andrew kramer all of these like big youtube people who are like here's how you do filmmaking here's how you do special effects uh, and visual effects here's how you do all of that Mm -hmm. um and i was learning so much and practicing so much that when i got to film it wasn't even film school. It was just a school where I could major in film. It was like a <laughs> side. It was like a side thing at, <laughs> at this school. Um, and when I got there, I mean, when you have teachers who, you know, I teachers are great. I have a whole family of teachers. But with the film industry, everything is so is changing so much. Technology is changing so much, mm-hmm. and so quickly that when you have these teachers who have learned things a certain way and they're not like ready and, and willing to like adapt, um, to these changing technologies, then it almost mm-hmm. feels like they're teaching you stuff that's obsolete and that you kind of like, I, I don't know, for me, it was like, I got to college, I'm taking these film classes and I know all this stuff already. Mm-hmm. Not only do I know all this stuff, I know better ways to do it than how these teachers are teaching me. So I, I, and I loved my teachers, they were amazing, they were very insightful, they had great stories and, and um, insight. but on the technical aspect of things, they were just running a bit behind yeah. uh, where, where I was. And so what I did, uh, instead of going to class and doing work, I thought, well, what if I just made videos? What if I just tried making videos? Because that's how I learn is by doing rather mm-hmm. than like sitting in a class and, and doing all that. So I started a YouTube channel, um, which which was called Scott's Thoughts, I think um, <laughs> it was just a, it was just like a nothing kind of vlog channel. Um, but I just wanted to post silly stuff that I was making. Um, and I, I did that so much that I ended up <laughs> failing out of college because I was just, just spending more time editing and making videos than I was uh, doing anything else. And one of those experiments that I did on that channel was this show called comic misconceptions, which was, uh, where I was like, you know what? I want to talk about comics and superheroes. Um, cause it's, you know, this, th- at that time on the internet, very few people were doing it. And I was like, I think I could do it and come up with some silly things to say. And mm-hmm. that quickly became the most popular segment I did. Uh, the, that initial channel called scott's thoughts was lost to time um back when back when youtube merged with google plus and everything got crazy and my channel actually got deleted um a tragedy so i know i know that some of the best stuff i've ever produced is in there it's not But yeah, so then I just took that as I was actually really bummed. I was like, man, all this vlog thing that I've been spending like a year or two years on is like completely gone. But I used that kind of as motivation to be like, well, all right. I know the most popular thing is the comic book videos I do. So what if I just started a new channel and just did that? J- forget about the vlog thing. Mm-hmm. Just focus on talking about comics and superheroes. And then that's, that's nerd sync. That's, that's how it happens. And then uh, it just took off from there.
0: Yeah. That's the, that's the origin. You had to figure it out when you were in college, what, what types of videos you wanted to make and everything started to click. Oh man. I mean, (laughs) I, when I failed out of college,
1: I had six months before I had to start paying student debt loans (laughs) off. And I was just like, uh -oh." Oh, well, I can either get a job or I can try really, really hard to dedicate all of my time to this YouTube thing and really hope it pays off. And I think about it, at month five, when just about nothing was happening, I made a, a Guardians of the Galaxy video right before the movie came out. And uh, that mm-hmm. is still one of my most famous, one of my most popular
0: videos today. And I was like, <laughs> that's it. That's the video. Now I can do this forever. Mm-hmm. It's wild how you like make something And you don't know if it's going to resonate and then all of a sudden it can like blow up and find an audience. Because any other point in time, like Guardians of the Galaxy would have gotten views before the Guardians movie came out. Like, (laughs) you know, it's just like that perfect timing of like intrigue along with the rest of the fandom that can suddenly totally change your perspective on everything. It's why did you decide to not go the visual effects route if that was what initially got you interested in practicing for video i mean i've i also feel that type of like do i want to actually involve be involved in hollywood in making movies or is it fun to just talk about them and so what was your journey been like dealing with that well so one of the one of the other kind of like shows that
1: i did on on NerdSync to start with was a show called behind the frame i think <laughs> it's been so long but the idea was that it was going to be a like visual effects and like prop building tutorial show with me and my my good friend josh at the time who's who still is this like expert like craftsman of like prop building and just carpentry like you give him tools and items he'll make something amazing out of it Mm -hmm. and then i was on the computer end of it where i'm like i'm just gonna add explosions and lens flares to this (laughs) um so we did we did pursue that for a bit and there are some videos that are still popular and they're still up on the channel i think um that you can watch and i think it just got i was a bit too ambitious and i was like all right we have to make one of these videos every week And like, I don't know, (laughs) it's challenging to do that. And also all these other content that we were trying to do Mm -hmm. with, you know, comic misconceptions and we were doing the podcast stuff and it just kind of took a toll on us. And that was because it was a show that I was doing with a friend. I didn't want to just take that like away and just do that as a solo thing so Mm -hmm. that it just kind of we we were just like, this is too much stress for both of us. So We're going to stop doing this show temporarily. Uh, it's been like seven years, but who knows, <laughs> we'll get back into it eventually. Um, but I also just knew at the time there was like a, there was a documentary about, um, I think it was called life after pie, which was about the film industry, uh, and how they treat special effects artists and, uh, which is not great. If you didn't know, <laughs> they don't treat, mm-hmm. uh, visual effects artists very, very good. Um, and as a person who was going to school, hoping to be that, hoping to go into that field, it was not a great. I mean, it was in retrospect a fantastically timed documentary to watch, but <laughs> at the time, I was like, "Oh no, <laughs> what am I gonna? What am I gonna do with this? I can't. I, this doesn't look like a thing that I want to get into." People yeah, sheer AI existential all. dread. Yeah, <laughs> like. I, uh, I'll spend all of my time working up to have this career and then get n- no jobs or jobs that feel that just feel so crushing because uh, mm-hmm. of all the time crunch and everything. And I'm just like, that feels terrible. <laughs> um, so I think I just kind of pivoted to, to trying to do the things that I, that I enjoyed and tried to do them for myself. And I think nowadays specifically, I, I, You know, there was certainly a gigantic span of time on on YouTube where I was just doing the kind of barest minimum editing um, on my channel. I even like hired people to be editors for me. And now I'm like back in the swing of things within the past like two or three years. I'm in the I'm back in the swing of things where I'm like enjoying editing again. I'm enjoying doing special effects and visual effects, Um, doing things like, you know, Music and, and you know, uh, fun storytelling and writing. Like, I've just kind of gotten back into this. Maybe I can make my YouTube channel into something that is a little bit higher produced and kind of creatively fulfilling to me. Mm-hmm. But that, I mean, that only happened recently. I mean, I, before then, I think I was just kind of taking a page from everyone else on YouTube at the time, at least certainly the people that I was watching, where it was like, you stand in front of a wall. You say things about, you know, comics and superheroes. You say goodbye to everyone and you do it next week. And <laughs> and I think I've gotten to a point where I'm like, that stuff is great. And that's the kind of stuff that I consume a lot of. Mm-hmm. Um, it, but like for me as a creative individual, I, w- I really missed being able to put like a ton of like time and energy into my videos, and thankfully, I, I would not be able to do this if it wasn't for like uh, Patreon, if it wasn't for the support of the Super Carlin brothers, who I work for as their editor. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, if it wasn't for that, I would not have even the option to make longer form videos that are very intense editing mm-hmm. um, and production. So I'm very grateful about that because it is incredibly fulfilling to me these days to be able to kind of view my youtube videos as like a thing that i can really go all out production wise
0: yeah yeah and it's interesting too because it feels like over the last few years youtubers have gotten or there's been like a select few of youtubers who are like moving towards that in a way that they're like getting more excited about putting more production into it and it's being recognized more like I remember finding out that like Lindsay Ellis's series on the Lord of the Rings was being nominated for like a Hugo award. And I was like, I don't even know what a Hugo award is, but like congratulations. <laughs> That's awesome. Like, <laughs> Holy cow. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I mean the, the change
1: of, I mean, cause here's the thing, right? There's no, there's no one way to do content on the internet. Yeah. I will always, the, the, the channels that I watch the most of are the ones that, upload frequently cuz i just need <laughs> cuz i just need content to consume in my yeah. everyday life. I need <laughs> stuff to be able to watch during lunch. I need stuff to be able to you know, watch a couple times while i'm like, you know, cleaning and doing chores. But like when i like that the the content that that i've been seeing more and more people produce are like these very long form, kind of very heavily produced stuff and that is very fun and fulfilling. Uh, to me, and I feel like there's for, sh- I mean, there's space for every way, every type of content that you want to put up on the, the Internet, any way that yeah. you want to do it. There's space for it all. There's an audience for it all. I I feel like my this is like a dig it myself. I feel like my videos are the kinds of videos that I probably wouldn't watch just because they're like <laughs> too long.
0: And I'm like, I don't have time to dedicate <laughs> to that.
1: Oh. <laughs> but thankfully, some people watch them, which is good
0: yeah i i feel like that's been something i've been wrestling with is that i've been really enjoying these like half hour discussions talking about spider-man 2 and like the sam raimi trilogy and like now i've been watching stuff about the the dark knight trilogy and so i've just been like i've been watching your videos defunct land like lots of these people that pour tons and tons of time into it and those are videos that are getting me really excited and so it's it's an interesting thing trying to balance that with like I also want my YouTube channel to grow. <laughs> like I want Yeah. <laughs> so
1: yeah, for sure, for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's definitely a thing that I struggle with because yeah. there's like a clear, I mean, you can go back on on my channel and see you know, a handful of years ago when I was producing content every single week. Like those videos, it doesn't matter what I talked about. Those videos got, you know, numbers you know hundreds of thousands of views yep. consistently and it didn't matter what people were just like i watch this every week it's a part of my routine i'm going to watch this mm-hmm. and now that i've been taking months between making videos it is a little disheartening sometimes to be able to put a lot of time and energy into making something and yeah. see it not do you know i, I have this this benchmark in my head, which is very silly. <laughs> but many years ago, I uploaded th- a 13 minute video that was just nothing but the color green. No audio, nothing. I wasn't on it. It was just a static green frame for 13 <laughs> minutes. That video has over 30,000 views. So. In my head, my benchmark is (laughs) if I release a a new video and it doesn't beat 13 minutes of green, (laughs) then that's kind of disheartening (laughs) to me because I spent so much time and energy making these other videos. Mm -hmm. And then this one video that's a static frame of the color green for 13 minutes gets 30,000 views. And it's like, why? (laughs) I don't understand. Yeah. So, and I really should not compare that <laughs> that in my head because that's only a bad thing for me.
0: Yeah, but I always just go back to it. I don't know why. The the comparisons are deadly because yeah. when when you think about it like like if you posted like I posted like the Phineas and Ferb family tree and that video got like 200,000 views. And then I'm like all the videos I posted last week don't sum up to that. And I'm mm. like, "Oh, <laughs> like oof. Yeah. like that's, that's a hard thing to like wrap your head around the idea of like one video can be more, like more financially beneficial to your yeah. channel overall than like a week's worth of work. It's like, yeah. oh
1: man. I mean, and it's, and YouTube certainly doesn't help that. Cause like now their, yeah. their whole dashboard now is just constantly comparing your videos to one another. <laughs> so every time I log in. <laughs> It'll be like, hey, that d d video you made, 10 out of 10. It's the worst performing video. And I'm like, great.
0: Thank you. <laughs> Your subscribers don't watch this video and they've been yeah. watching it for less time. Oh, good. Yeah. Thank
1: you. Thank you for the notification, YouTube.
0: Really appreciate that. <laughs> yep. Uh, oh. It's and but, you know, it's it's the thing that. Like, some YouTubers are really good at focusing on the numbers. Like, I've heard that's something that, like, Mr. Beast does, like, radically. That's all, like, he pours his energy into. And then the content is kind of a reflection of the numbers that he's seeing. And I'm like, oh, that's so so hard as, like, as I do this longer and longer and I want more creative fulfillment from this. Like, why am I doing this over everything else in the world? Like, Yeah. (laughs)
1: that's so that's yeah that's challenging the numbers game and like trying to figure out that's a thing that i will never i think there was a a brief time where i was like really invested in analytics and Mm. now again thankfully i'm at a space where i'm just like what's a creatively fulfilling thing for me to do (laughs) like i knew talking about dungeons and dragons for the first time ever on my channel was gonna get me nowhere i i knew that it was gonna be something that only the very super hardcore dedicated fans even cared about. And even mm-hmm. that it was a long video. So they had to really decide if they, if they cared <laughs> that much about it to watch it. Um, but, and I would never have been able to make that video if I didn't have the kind of financial backing of, of Patreon and, and uh, you know, the support of SCB. Mm. And so I, you know, as I do stuff, as I'm researching like a video about Bob Ross now, and I'm like, this is so interesting. And I've always wanted to make a video about Bob Ross, but I was so scared to do so. And now like 2020 for me is like the year of like, what if I just do stuff totally radically different and, um, and just focus on the creative fulfillment. And it's still hard, even though that was like my mission of like, Just do the creatively fulfilling stuff. Don't focus on the numbers. It's still so hard not to focus on the numbers because every time I'm just sitting there like refreshing the YouTube studio app being like, where's it at? Where's it at? How many views did we get? Is it good? Oh, it's bad. Oh no. Uh." But
0: yeah, because typically like if it doesn't resonate with your audience right away, it's like oftentimes it's gone unless it like suddenly hits like a wave a month or two or a few years later, like sometimes it can just be gone, gone to the wind. That's right. I mean, and
1: it's, it's one of those things too, where like I am even with the, as few views that, that some of my videos recently have gotten, I can tell that they're resonating with the people who watch them way more than anything that I've ever made. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just within the past two years, a lot of my videos have like hit people in, in this kind of, like you know I love your videos but I like really love this one and like this got me to do this and and you know especially my my Dungeons and Dragons videos which I which I said was like doing the worst performing video I've made <laughs> in like 2 years
0: mm-hmm.
1: um it is the video that I think has gotten the most response from people because it is a lot of people saying I've always wanted to play Dungeons and Dragons and this video inspired me to go do that and here's some yeah. adventures that I'm having and I'm having a ton of fun and yeah, so like even though on the numbers side of things it doesn't reflect that like I'm having a big impact from mm. like a personal like engagement perspective. I I know that I that these videos are have a, a profound impact on on some people and I yeah. got to keep telling myself that that's the thing I got to focus on, not the numbers. Yep. It's just the how it's actually affecting people in a positive way
0: so Mm -hmm. and it's
1: hard to focus on that but that's what i'm trying to focus on
0: (laughs) yeah and that's that's the thing too is that it's like the like youtube is built oftentimes youtubers have to when they begin rely on having that mass appeal but it's real but in reality most like youtube businesses don't need hundreds and thousands of people or millions of people. Like they really only need like a thousand people that are going to watch everything and support them beyond watching the videos. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, if I, if I had, I mean
1: the, the channel currently has like, you know, half a million subscribers.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: If like, if 5,000 of those people were supporting me on Patreon, that's it. I'm like set. Forever, because of the, those people and, and their like generosity. Yes. Uh, I have. I mean, everyone who supports me on Patreon currently is amazing, and I love them so much. And holy cow, why are you doing that? Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so it's just like you don't. I mean, I I have a fraction of that. I've got like you know a couple hundred people, and that's so much. That's so good. Like that yeah. is what's helping me continue to make to make this stuff and continue to go forward.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's it's I've been going on the Patreon journey for a while. And just recently, I feel like I finally found a good balance of like things that aren't going to like completely take away from actually making the content that people are like (laughs) subscribing for and like are supporting me for and doing something where I can like connect with people. And it's, it's in, it is pretty incredible to see that there's people that support you so much and are like willing to watch your any little video that you make, just talking about um, the process of making videos. It's so cool that like there's people that I, I feel so grateful that I've been able to make enough things and make grow as a creator enough where people are that invested in me.
1: Yeah. I mean, you, you were a big inspiration for me earlier this year about mm-hmm. like updating. Cause I've always had just the nerd sync logo be like the, the NS. Mm-hmm. And I always make jokes about it. Cause I have so many friends in the YouTube space who, who <laughs> just have, you know, letters as their logo. And then you were updating yours to be like a picture of, of your face to make it more human. And I was like, that's, that's something I've always wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And Finally gave me that kind of boost that inspiration to be like yeah you know what i do want to do that <laughs> and i've done that very recently and i feel i feel better about it in a weird way i guess like it, mm-hmm. it makes it makes it feel more personal it makes it feel like this is scott's kind of journey and channel and everything like that like if you're watching yeah. if you're subscribing it's for the person here that you see on the face um mm-hmm. rather than like a big because I feel, I mean, I, I don't know if, if it was the same for you, but like the reason I had this big NerdSync logo is like, I want to look big and corporate and official. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah. It's like, this is this is Watso videos where we discuss fun topics or fun people. Mm-hmm. And that was the we wasn't initially meant to refer to me and the viewers. It was meant to be like, oh, there's a crew. There's a crew. Don't <laughs> oh, worry. You
2: know there's a crew. Of course there's
0: a crew. yeah oh a hundred
1: percent I mean like I really dove into that kind of mindset of like if I'm going to be successful on YouTube I gotta present like I'm a big deal yeah And I think that has totally shifted backwards where it's like I I don't want to present like I'm a big deal I want to present like I'm a person and I hope people care about me as a person and what I have to say
0: yeah exactly I think That was the thing. It was initially, it was establishing, trying to establish myself as an authority. And Mm -hmm. now it's like, all of a sudden, I've recently come to the realization, I'm like, I don't want people to necessarily just come for the information I'm able to find about things. Like, I hope that there's like some interest in me as a person. And maybe that's kind of vain. But like, also, I know that it's important because you're not going to support Patreon, if you don't care about me in addition to the things that I talk about.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's just it's one of those things where like I I thought from the beginning that NerdSync was going to be like, like almost like a gig for me. where like, yeah, I would want it to grow bigger so that someone could eventually replace me. Like mm. I was, I was like a host of nerd sync. Yes. I wasn't, I wasn't nerd
0: sync. You yes. I mean, yeah. It was like the, I always wanted all my friends to be a part of it. I'm like, you yes. guys could make videos too. The whole channel would grow quicker if we could all just make videos. That's why you mm-hmm. introduce yourself at the beginning. I had, mm-hmm. I had the same thought process. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's the, I mean, all the way down to what I named, I named it
1: nerd sync because I wanted it to be multiple nerds all coming together, talking about the things they love. And we did that for a little bit. I, I, we, we had videos, as I said, my friend Josh and I made some prop building stuff, Mm -hmm. uh, podcasts. We've had like video game stuff on the channel. I had a kitchen, a cooking show on the channel way back (laughs) in the day. That's a true story. Um, and none of it worked out except for, (laughs) except for the stuff that had me in it, mostly because Mm -hmm. I was in charge of like the content schedule And I was also the only person who didn't have to go to school or do work. Um, (laughs) Cause I had failed out of college at that point. So I'm just mm-hmm. like, I don't have anything else to do. I'm going to make content and I'm going to assume that everyone else I'm asking to make content can devote themselves to that exact same schedule. Of course mm. they couldn't. I was asking <laughs> way too much of people. Uh, so then everyone kind of dropped out very mm-hmm. gracefully. And I was like, well, this is it. This is me. But I still hold, held on to that idea of like, I'm just a host. Eventually I'll pass on the torch I yep. think just within the past two years or so, I'm just like, no. <laughs> this <Yeah>. is me. <laughs> this is this is who I am. This is my channel. This is this is a place where I get to express myself.
0: Yeah. I I still wrestle with what's the business of Watso videos? Is it like what is Watso Videos eventually going to promote or feed into? Like it's is it eventually just going to be a funnel for something else? Is it going to be like what am I gonna try to sell in the future? And I, and oh, and anytime I think about that, it's always kind of, <laughs> it's always just kind of bubs me out. It gets me excited for the idea of it can being something beyond just videos because it could be something that's more sustainable, so I could continue to make videos. But yeah. now it's really like I've been trying to think about it more as a body of work, that it's 500 videos series instead of a like. Successful thing that it's one continuous like showcase of my journey on creating things and discussing fandoms. (laughs) Absolutely, that's
1: an incredible way to look at it. I have a follow up question for you now. Now who's interviewing who? (laughs) Um, if if you were to look back at like your your older videos, your original videos, yeah, do you see? certain areas that have like totally drastically changed from how you're doing stuff now like obviously i'm sure Mm. production stuff like i started on like built-in computer webcam so like uh, yeah but like in terms of like how you produce stuff how you tackle certain angles of of stuff um the the way that you present like you and your perspective like is there anything that kind of stands out to you because i'm always curious about like the growth you were talking about like growth your journey your growth and i'm Mm. always interested
0: about that yeah yeah it's for me it was like i initially wanted it to be like someone was watching the movie so when i did like scars full story which is like my largest video ever is like five minutes and i wanted it to feel like oh you're like seeing i wanted it to be like what would disney do if they produced this video what would people want to see if this was like an actual thing produced specifically just to tell the story. That's what I initially tried to do. And then when I decided that I wanted it to be more like me focused and be able to like connect with people more then it started to be like just showing my face, but still kind of doing that. And now it's, it's more of like trying to explain this interesting thing that I've learned about, And kind of share that with people and have it be this like fun conversation and more of a, how would I, if I went to like a family gathering and sat my cousins down to tell them the story of uh, why I think Webby's parents and DuckTales are uh, foul agents, like what would I say to them? And so it's trying to think of more of that than, than like this, this more over like produced compilation of things yeah
1: -hmm. yeah it's like it's like hitting people in like a it's like you just being like it's like going to a friend's house and then just talking about this like this stuff i love that yeah absolutely Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. that
0: that's that's a total thing that i've thought about and it's like in high school that's what i did a lot with my friends it was like we just went down to like my buddy's basement, and we'd all plug in our Xboxes and play together and watch movies and talk about like whatever like video game or movie is going to be coming out soon, what we want it to be like, and things like that. And I feel like that's that's kind of the energy I want to like somehow capture now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I well, I think you're doing a good
1: job. <laughs>
0: <laughs> thank you. Thank you. It's you know, it's, it's difficult to tell how things are resonating or if i'm doing a enough things to have that come through because i don't want to go on like massive tangents or like tell the same story every time of like dude little mermaid is great part of part of your world is like my favorite song right now like i don't want to say that every time i like talk about the little mermaid so it's like how do i how do i showcase the things that i'm interested in without like diverting too much from the topic i'm also discussing Mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. yeah oh i mean
1: that's a big i'm one of the things that i struggle with uh when i'm making videos and writing scripts obviously Mm -hmm. is i i keep finding information that's so interesting to me Mm -hmm. but i can't quite get it to relate back to the the (laughs) idea as a whole so i i don't know i'm like i have all of these like at the end of every script, I have like this section that's like cut sections, It's like yeah. labeled all of the stuff that I cut. And there's so much good juicy stuff in there. I'm like, but I couldn't quite get it to fit. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, sometimes I'll still just be like, anyway, here's a little uh, ramble for a couple minutes because this is something fun and exciting for me and no one
0: else. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah. but I mean with that, like it's, yeah, I think, I think, oftentimes you include very relevant things. I don't think I've ever like walked away from one of your videos and was like, why did he talk about that? Like it always seems... <laughs>
2: it well, makes Well, that's sense. good
1: to know. That's good to know. I always feel, I always feel like my my Captain America video uh, about comics and politics, I always feel mm-hmm. like that's one where I really probably c- could have cut about a third out of it. But <laughs> I wanted to keep all of it in because I wanted to be thorough and I knew that if I didn't hit on every possible angle that I could think of, then someone would bring it up in the comments as like a gotcha. And I'm yeah. like, no, I already thought about that, but I didn't include it. Cause it, whatever <laughs> I'm going to include, I'm going to include it. And so I like, mm-hmm. that's why that video is so long too. Cause I'm just like, I'm like in the back of my head thinking about like, what would a commenter say and how can I preemptively kind of, combat that and like fill that void a little bit Mm -hmm. so it's it is for sure uh an interesting way to write by trying to tap into your audience and try to tap into your like potential commenters and be like but what about this how come he didn't
0: mention this and it's
2: like
0: i could have mentioned that dang (laughs) (laughs) well like there's definitely some times where i i've like considered addressing something from like a really obscure like series of books and I'm like it's not relevant (laughs) like it's I'm like I understand you guys really like these stories but like it really doesn't connect with what I'm trying to say here but in a case like that video that you went through like Captain America punching Nazis I feel like that's something that it is sprinkled with enough like modern day issues that like it's important to go through and i feel like you did a really good job of uh addressing all those angles and i guess that was something that i was curious about with you is what like why did you decide that uh how did you come to the conclusion that you wanted to be more honest about your own experiences and your own viewpoints on things because you end that video being like bold and i was like holy cow i wasn't expecting like that to be the conclusion i'm like he's he's going
1: yeah well thank you um uh-huh. i think i think the biggest thing for me um because yeah when i started making videos i was very like i presented myself as very almost like with no personality where mm-hmm. i was like i am the person who gives you information <laughs> i i You don't care about I guess I I went into the video always think always assuming that no one cared about me. So I was like, I don't Mm -hmm. need to present my personal opinions on things. I don't need to um, you know, make stances clear because Mm -hmm. that's not what people are here for. They're here for information. And I look back on those videos and I'm almost kind of ashamed of it, because I don't make clear what my like political and social stances are when I really should have. Um, I just, I just left it up to the audience discussion. I'm just like, well, I don't know. What do you guys think? (laughs) And, and so, I don't know. For me, like you can still open up a discussion while also presenting your opinion on that subject. You can, you can say like, I want to hear your thoughts, but also here are my thoughts and mm-hmm. i just wasn't doing that and so i think just over the years of being on youtube meeting other youtubers going to events to to meet people outside of where i was like born and raised um, and just traveling a lot more and meeting a lot more people and not not even traveling but just like interacting with people online i my like eyes were starting to be, to be open to these different perspectives that I hadn't acknowledged before. And I was like, okay, clearly some of the stuff that I've been doing was unintentionally harmful to, Mm -hmm. to certain groups of people. I I mentioned in my Captain America video that like, I made a video about like the science of Ant-Man and like, how if he's shrunken down too small then like the particles like the light particles and and light waves wouldn't register properly in his eyes so he would be like effectively blind and then i called him like oh ant-man like the most useless avenger and i was like well that feels harsh and wrong to call someone who is blind useless Mm -hmm. um so I've since changed the, the, that video around that like title and description of that video. Cause I felt bad about it. And I was like that. Yeah. That these are like different areas of, of reality that I was not even aware of, um, being unintentionally like harmful towards people with disabilities, towards, um, you know, people, uh, who just walk a different life than I do. I'm a straight, white cis man um i actually am <laughs> i don't know how much i can go into on this
0: podcast um <laughs> you can stop me at any time isaac no you're free to go as long as you want i'm i'm okay. interested to, like i personally like these interviews in part because i think it's fascinating to learn from like other creators as well yeah. as what you were talking about of like the whole yeah. idea of learning how other people are approaching this and especially the mentality of the decisions that they're making. So I think it's, I think it's fascinating. Okay.
1: Yeah. So, so I, anyway, so I, I've had this like incredibly like specific point of view where, where basically the world as it stands is almost like tailor made for people like me. And then Mm -hmm. opening kind of seeing behind the curtain a little bit and seeing out more to, these people and perspectives that uh are different than my own i was like oh i feel like i've been doing a disservice to these people um especially because i have an audience i have you know half a million subscribers on youtube i feel like i have responsibility to to not just pretend like the the status quo as is is totally fine um and there's like a there's a a quote um about how kind of like silence and indifference towards um towards issues in the world is basically coming to defense of like the status quo you're basically saying that like by not speaking up you're saying i actually like how things are right now Mm -hmm. and so that resonated with me where i where I basically just thought, you know, I've never I've been more vocal on Twitter than anything, but I've never made like a big stance in any of my videos. And I really and that's where my biggest audience is. So it almost feels like I'm kind of hiding in like my minuscule Twitter following, being like, you know, shouting out my perspective and my views <laughs> while while on YouTube with my biggest following, I'm just like, don't, never mind, don't listen to me. And so with that specific video at the end where, where I, I, you know, came out in support of, of trans rights and um, punching Nazis, obviously that's what that is <laughs> about. Um, you know, it, it just felt like, not only did it feel like the right thing to do, it felt incredibly overdue, like mm-hmm. years overdue uh, for me. And yeah, so I think, ultimately it was just meeting people and and reading up on these different perspectives and reading lots of books and articles from from people and just kind of just kind of at like i guess being honest with myself and 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 thinking like i hold myself to so many standards, I put sources, link, like links to sources in all of my videos. Like I hold myself to a standard of like, if I'm gonna say something, I'm gonna back up with facts. But like, I've never, I've never been like vocal about issues.
0: Mm-hmm. I've been
1: vocal about like, here are my sites citations for like facts and sources. So clearly I, ha- I hold myself up to a standard, but like, I've never gotten, I've never like crossed that threshold of like, now speak, now speak up to what's on your actual mind and not just your research. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know. I, I feel like I'm talking in circles here without hitting on a specific thing. It just <laughs> felt like the right time to do it, especially with a video that's all about politics and you know the creators of Captain America were people who had a platform and who had views and were like we are not going to hide the fact that we are Jewish creators during World War II and we don't like that Hitler guy mm-hmm. like you know like they're not going <laughs> to hide it so why why should i as a creator with a platform during a time with lots of social issues why should i hide
0: my views i guess yep and for me it's like i've always been really cautious because i want the conversations to be something that feels like escapism and you know removed from the world and isn't going to like isolate people regardless of what i say but it's really like But I also know that part of the reason why I've something I've realized over the years is Mm -hmm. like part of the reason I like what I do is because I feel like I'm empowering a younger version of myself to be more comfortable liking the things and having discussions about the things that I like. And so I feel like I've been I I don't know if I've I haven't went to make any like I don't know. It's uh, just trying to make sure that I'm empowering people to be themselves and to be good people and it's trying to strike a balance between those two things, you know? Yeah,
1: <laughs> I get you. I mean, it was certainly – it was certainly – that script more than anything I had so many people look over um, yeah. and so many people who – were so incredibly insightful about the language that I was using and Mm -hmm. the, the specific Because normally I I hand out my scripts to people to look over, to make sure that it's good and entertaining. But for that one specifically, I was like, make sure that it is also good and entertaining. Yes. But Mm -hmm. please make sure that I'm not accidentally hurting the causes that I'm trying to support. Yeah. Um, and so the amount of the, <laughs> yeah. the amount of feedback I got from that script was uh, unbelievably insightful. Mm-hmm. And I changed a lot of my wording. I changed a lot of how I delivered uh, specific things. I even sent people like an early draft of the of the video, like the cut of the video after I would filmed oh. and edited it. Uh-huh. And I was like, please double check, make sure I'm saying all these things good. because I mean, even even not just, I mean that whole video talked a lot about like Jewish heritage, so I I gave it to a, a couple uh, a Jewish friends of mine, and I was like, please, I'm not, I really don't want this video about like punching Nazis to also have accidental <laughs> like, you know, uh, hateful things uh, towards Jewish people, because that would be really bad if I did that accidentally. And yeah. they, so I was like incredibly cautious. I was, I, you know, I made a little thing out of clay in that video and i was like is can i do that is that a is that okay if i do that and like people were like (laughs) asking their like old grandmas and being like is it okay if he does that so it was just like the amount of i just wanted to be incredibly cautious about Mm -hmm. about that sort of thing and it is a little nerve-wracking and it is it is a thing that i'm i'm so eternally grateful to the people who uh, helped that script in that video making it as as thoughtful and as um well-meaning as i wanted it to be but without their help would not have gotten to that to that
0: level mm-hmm. sure so now that we kind of have an idea of what your perspective is on creating your videos like What was the process like to get to this point where you have the freedom to uh, explore these different discussions? What was the process like meeting the Super Carlin brothers and building that Patreon uh, that is able to continue to support the topics that you want to create?
1: So I think it all I think it started a couple of years ago, maybe two or three years ago when I... YouTube algorithms are always changing. We all know this, um, (laughs) for better or for worse. And I was kind of in this slump where the channel just wasn't making enough money to really continue going on. Um, and I was producing videos that I really, I genuinely wasn't very proud of because I just needed to do it to get it out there for the algorithm. I was like I need to make a video every week. I need to make do I don't it doesn't matter if I don't have a good idea. Got to make something. Got to throw it out there. It doesn't matter if I don't have time to to edit it and look over a second draft of my script. I got to get it out there. Mm-hmm. And so I was in this kind of slump where I was making stuff that I wasn't really proud of and I reached out, I made a video and I was like, here's the here's the deal everyone. I might have to leave youtube soon unless we get some more patreon support and saw a gigantic boost in patreon then which sustained me for a couple years um and then during that time i had met the super carlin brothers at a VidCon. um we were like we had a mutual friend a couple mutual friends and we just uh, it was actually really funny because we all hung out like it was a big group of us uh youtube people there's like a picture of all of us from that vidcon in an elevator and there's like sabrina from like nerdy and quirky i think is in there um there's like writer from uh like foot of a ferret game theory editor like he's in there as well there's like Mm -hmm. all sorts of fun people in in that it's like you know that oscars photo where everyone (laughs) took that big old (laughs) selfie together it was exactly like that but for like (laughs) Not quite a tier YouTubers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they're all a tier in my book, um, but it was, it was a that. So we all hung around each other. Like I was hanging around the Super Carlin Brothers um, that whole time, but I was never like formally introduced to them. So then <laughs> when we all were like leaving for the weekend, and they were like making their rounds saying goodbye to everyone, they were just like, "Hey, see you, man." And I was like, "Hey." also goodbye and my name is scott by the way (laughs) i never got to tell you what my name was um and they were just like we know (laughs) so they're very they thought that was very funny which was uh good in my in my benefit uh little did i know that um well, let, let me, let me cut, let me cut the story a little forward Let me go a little bit forward in the story. Okay. So a couple years later I was, I was living in Texas. I was kind of stuck in this apartment that I hated. I, I was using up so much of my, my income just to stay there. And I didn't want to stay there. Uh, but I couldn't save up enough money to move. And like YouTube again was kind of like being very fickle and I was not you know, doing a making a good enough kind of income to continue to support it at the scale that I wanted to. And then I just kind of reached out to the Super Carlin brothers and I was like, hey, would you guys in any capacity be interested in like acquiring NerdSync? That's a weird question, but I'm mm-hmm. gonna throw that out there. So little did I know that for the past couple years either since we had met for the first time at VidCon or even before then I don't really know they had been thinking about doing that exact thing (laughs) but like never communicated that to me at all they were like Mm. we've always wanted to build a space where we are for lots of YouTubers to come together and feed off of each other's creative energy and like just you know, make videos and podcasts and all sorts of thing in like one unified building. Um, And they were like the, the like first channel we were thinking of. One of the first ones we were thinking of on the top of our list was NerdSync, And I'm like, Oh, rad. (laughs) That's good. Good for me. Uh, And so we worked out an arrangement where um, they kind of, they took over, NerdSync, um, mostly just financially, which is like bonkers to me, because mm-hmm. um, they still give me the creative freedom to do whatever I want, which is wild. Why would you do that? Um, <laughs> and, but like they they've they've taken a lot of the um, a lot of the stress and anxiety of having to figure out bills. And in, like health insurance, I didn't have any health insurance while I was doing YouTube by myself. And that, mm-hmm. now I've got some through them. Uh, all the, all these like boring financial things that I didn't want to worry about as a creator, yeah. they've taken over under their wing and have just said, all right, here's the space, go make videos.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And that has been uh, very, just unbelievably creatively fulfilling to me. Uh, at the start, the, the condition was I had to make a video every two weeks, which I did pretty good at. Um, and then um, eventually I kind of took over as their editor, which meant that I was editing their videos, two of their videos a week. And then not having nearly as much time to work on nerdsync stuff. So they've been a little bit more lax about like, you don't have to make a video every two weeks. (laughs) We understand. Um, But I still get to make, you know, big grand videos with with a budget. I get to do, you know, they have so much experience with things like merch and growing Patreon and doing all these fun things that it's like uh, really allowing me and my channel to to grow in a new kind of way and they've Mm. been very receptive to allowing me to do non-comic book related things because i feel (laughs) like that would be a thing where like like if i in a in a different world if i bought watso videos and i Mm -hmm. said just make sure to stick to everything that you've been doing and we'll be good and you're like Actually, I want to be a cooking show now. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, okay, that's wild and different. Please mm. don't do that. Um, but they've been very, <laughs> very good with just being like, do your thing, um, yeah. and which has been which has been super good for mm-hmm. me. Um, so that was that was twenty nineteen when I first moved here to Virginia with them, yeah. and I we've been doing pretty good. We've got a lot of stuff around, uh, you know, got this big old office space. Uh, and so much of my videos have like a good budget into them now, which I was very excited about. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, yeah, I don't know. It's been a very fun working environment, I would say. Yeah.
0: Yeah. From my, from my experience, just coming to visit, like there's, there's palpable energy being around other people yes. that are doing the same sort of thing, making videos about stuff that they enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, and I'm sure like, especially being there, I mean, probably not in the last few months, but still being able to have <laughs> <laughs> people to communicate with and to like feed off of um, and learn from. Is a pretty pretty cool thing. Um, I th- it is
1: it is very beneficial. I would say yeah. to have to to have a like a, a kind of group of people who don't just like yes each other. You know, it's not just <laughs> like it's not just like I have an idea and it's like yes. It's it's a lot of like it's a lot of like yes and or even like mm-hmm. yes but. where it's like where it's like um the guys might have an idea for a video and i might have some interest in that kind of topic where i'd be like that's good and also you should include this other bit of information that i don't know Mm. if you thought of um or even like the the kind of reverse of that potentially is like we want to do the like Sometimes Ben specifically will want, to do, will want to do something incredibly ambitious, and mm-hmm. I have to be the kind of person who says no. But we could do we could do this instead. And so it's uh-huh. like it's it's nice to kind of be able to do to kind of have people who are pushing the limits. Some people who are you know finding the boundaries of what's possible and trying to elevate the whole thing to yeah. kind of.
0: Yeah, I think that's something that you can clearly see from creators that like make a house for all their creator friends or they all live in the vicinity of each other, uh, Mm. you know, in different creator hubs or production hubs. And you can like you can sense that there's people pushing each other to do that, uh, to continue to level up over time. I feel like we're,
1: we we've hit on a segment where we're just use, we almost sound like business people who are using generic terms. Like, yeah, the synergy of the place, you <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? And it's, <laughs> but, it, but it's true though. It really mm-hmm. is. You get this kind of energy flowing and people and, and you just only build m- bigger and better things. I think yeah. one of one of the benefits that I had when I became their editor um was i didn't really watch the stuff that they had made before so i wasn't Mm. like emulating and i wasn't trying to emulate what they were doing i was like here's how i would do it and i just ran with it and there was never any pushback from them where it's like well no you have to do it this way because this is what our fans are used to it was like no that's great you do your thing you do your voice and you and you run with it and we will play with that now that we know what you're what your style is we can write towards that style to make it even better and Mm -hmm. and so like seeing it kind of grow and progress and like have a kind of new life and a new voice has been very very fun
0: yeah and i i definitely can now that you've articulated that i can definitely sense that because i remember when there people were like oh yeah scott's editing now and i was like oh really and then Slowly over time, if you watch a video now from when you first started editing it, it is like clear that you're the editor now. If you yeah. go and watch one of your new videos. Like it's it's so there's so much of your own voice in it. And I think the the best way to uh an analogy I think most people can feel with like agree with is when you finally get into like high school and you choose an elective and everyone who's there wants to be doing the same thing or you do a club or a sport like everyone who's there wants to be there and like do it and that's how you get push each other especially if you're all like very sociable and like friends with each other like it all Mm -hmm. becomes it builds on itself it's like exponentially more powerful when everyone's actually around each other absolutely Mm you got it exactly right yeah (laughs) (laughs) so let's see What, what are the other things that I want to talk about? Your videos continue to get longer and more complex. What what goes into deciding what projects you focus on? Because I'm like, sometimes I get in that, that trend. I'm like, I want to make like a half hour video. Like this would be something I would be super excited about. If someone who makes longer videos would do it. But how do you go about deciding? Like, I'm gonna spend like a few months talking about this.
1: Um. Well, this year it's been, it's only it's it's almost just because of current event stuff that's been happening. Okay. Like I always knew that I I've always loved Scooby Doo. That was my first big video of the year. Was a like. nearly hour-long thing about Mm Scooby-Doo. And I've always wanted to make that video. It's been on my list forever. And then I find out, oh, there's a new Scoob movie coming out this year. (laughs) Fantastic, now's the perfect time to post it. And I think I posted it within, I was still late because it's a big video, but I posted it within one or two days of that movie coming. And I was like, yes, perfect. And then I did a video about Hamilton because Hamilton came to Disney Plus. And I was like, I've always wanted to talk about Hamilton, perfect kind of like current event tentpole event sort of thing where it's like mm-hmm. cultural relevance let's do it uh and then um dungeons and dragons was because of the show that i watch where they i was originally planning to air that video right as their new season it's a D show on um college humor mm-hmm. right as their new show was coming out i wanted to make my video i ended up taking uh like six months to make my video. So I posted it right as that season finale. And I was like, good enough. You know, that's another like <laughs> tentpole season. You just watched that. Now watch me talk about this show and Dungeons and Dragons and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then with my very next video about, uh, which is going to be about Bob Ross, there's no tentpole event. I just wanted to talk about Bob Ross <laughs> and you know, I don't know about you. <clears throat> um, you make content, you know, much faster than i do these days um so i have like lists and lists and lists of ideas that i want to do do you also have like just a big list of like one day i'll do this one one day i'll do that one sort of a thing or do is it just kind of like you do it as it comes to you
0: i have i have a google doc that's been just called plan and it's got like it's got, like, my goals, like, the things that I'm trying to strive for. Then, like, new movie releases because I'm, like, I got to gotta stay hyped. And this year has yeah. been hard because nothing's been coming out. So it's been difficult no. to get, like, reinvested in everything throughout the year. But, like, but now everything's suddenly happening. And so, um, yeah, I've got that. And then it's, like, probably, like, 20 pages of, like, just a list of ideas. And I'll, like, just kind of randomly go through – and like bring some ideas to the top. And then sometimes I won't like anything. And then it will just be like, a, all right, we're going to figure something out to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, and then there's certain things that it's just like, I've got like this whole big, long series I've like thought about or like, oh, this could be a book. I'm like, but I don't know when I would write it, but like yeah. this would be a sick book. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I've yeah. got so much stuff like that.
1: uh i mean it's it's so funny because you were saying like i i've definitely experienced this before where like you have this big long list and you look over it and you're like i gotta make something this week and you look over it and you're like this is a big list and a lot of ideas and none of them are speaking to me right now yeah they might speak to me in the future i'll maybe make a video about this later i'm certainly not going to delete this list but like right now gotta think of something else yeah and so i've definitely experienced that Um, but as you know, I kind of came into this year because I, I took over editing for the super brothers at the tail Mm -hmm. end of last year, I kind of went into 2020 thinking, not even thinking, but like outwardly projecting to, to my fans, to my following that like, I'm only probably going to make six videos this year. Yeah. Um, which is the fewest videos I've ever made in a calendar year, like (laughs) by far. And, But I was like, I know that editing for them is going to take a lot of my time, and I know that I want to make videos without having to cut corners, Um, and I know that I could probably make a video every other month if I really dedicated myself to it. Spoilers, I have not been able to do that. Uh, My Scooby-Doo video took like five months, and then my Dungeons & Dragons one took like another couple months after that. It's been... A wild year. I was not mm. planning on a global pandemic happening, yeah. um, as I'm sure most of us were. <laughs> but, you know, I, I knew out going into it that I would only do a handful of videos. So I looked over my lists, and I and I also knew that I didn't that I wanted to do something different. If this was going to be a short year, where I was only going to make a, a handful of videos, I knew that I wanted to use that time to experiment. Mm. Um, So that's when I decided, well, what if I don't do comics and superheroes this year? What if I tried other things? And so then it was just thinking of like, well, what are, what is Scott interested in? What is, (laughs) let's, let's look into my, let's, let's inwardly kind of reflect on, on my life and just say, what is, what is Scott like? Mm-hmm. And that that's not tied to comics and superheroes. And what's what does what Scott like that he's always wanted to talk about, but he's never felt like he could talk about? And so the things that came up were Scooby Doo, which I have made a video on before, um, but I always knew I wanted to do this specific idea, and I was like, this is the year I'm going to do it. And I'm very happy with how that video turned out. Dungeons and Dragons was one was a thing that I got really interested in within the past year, and I was like i could i feel like i could talk about this um in fact actually my dungeons and dragons video only happened because i made a tweet about it where i was like i think i want to make a video about Dungeons & Dragons. And specifically, I want to make a video about this show that I really like called Dimension Mm. 20, which is by College Humor. And I just, like, tweeted about it. And then College Humor, like, got slid into my DMs. And we're like, we're going to get... Do you want an interview? We'll give you an interview. We'll give you an exclusive (laughs) interview. And I'm like, okay. And so then I'm like, well, now I'm locked in. Now I have to do this video. Um, And then, yeah. And then uh, it's just me tweeting about stuff it's really just i tweet about things that i'm interested <laughs> in and and then if it gets a response from from fans or other creators i'm like yeah okay clearly clearly there's a thing there like i knew i made a joke that i was gonna make a video it wasn't even a joke it was really just me wondering if people would be interested i was like mm-hmm. i bet i've always been interested in the in the asmr youtube community yeah which is like so wildly as far away as you can be from like a person like me who makes a living, like yelling at a camera about like comics (laughs) where it's like these people who are like very softly whispering and tapping on things. I'm like, it's so it's like a weird kind of audio art that I'm so fascinated by. And I like posted that I wanted to make an ASMR video. And that is the one topic that everyone is like, don't do that. (laughs) Don't do that. And I'm like, ah, maybe I, maybe I will. But like, I don't know. People
0: are not, i
1: want
0: to but we'll see yeah yeah dude i I i'd say i'd say you got you got to try it maybe i I want to do it (laughs) It i want to do it so bad i feel like that i've always thought of the opportunity to do that is april 1st you just got to make it and post it up and if and if people are like dude this is awesome then you're like oh dude that's the whole plan or if it's april Dude, you can leave it up to interpretation. <laughs> well, so uh, like a couple years ago,
1: I made an April Fools' Day video that yeah. was me tapping on comics as like an ASMR thing, <laughs> and it was the video was just called "Comics Make Good Sounds," and it was just me like scrolling through like like flipping through pages of comics and like tapping on mm-hmm. books for like fifteen minutes, and people still message me occasionally and being like, honestly. That's pretty good ASMR. That's pretty <laughs> good. And I'm like, oh, maybe I should just do that. Maybe yeah. I really should commit to it. I think what I do is I test the waters a little bit in, I don't, I'm, I'm like discovering this about myself right now. Like I test mm-hmm. the waters a bit about the kind of topics that I want to do. Cause even my Captain America video um, has like a whole bit where I'm talking about Scooby-Doo a whole bunch. Yeah. And I'm like, interesting. Okay, okay. And then I made a video last year about like, the first Spider-Man comic and how like, that's a really good piece of art um, both in, in writing and like the visuals, like the, it's a really good piece of comic book art and how the, the art of the medium works. And that whole video, I'm like dressed as Bob Ross. (laughs) So I'm just like, I'm like testing these things in my videos where I'm like, these are topics I want to talk about. Let's see if people like them
2: Mm -hmm. and
1: sprinkle them in. So I don't know. There are certainly topics like this that really like, like Dungeons and Dragons and Bob Ross and and Scooby-Doo that are like near and dear to my heart that I have big ambitious ideas for. And I would never have been able to do them the way that I want to without like the support of Patreon and SCB and all that kind of stuff.
2: So I think
0: that is also just another gigantic factor for Mm -hmm. me. Sure. I I think so far throughout all of your topics, they've been like, They've been still able to do, like, broad strokes in pop culture that are still, like, iconic enough that, like, you can still, like, hop into it and not have a deep understanding of it. There's certain times where I'll see, like, an essayist at some point, like, randomly talk about a director from, like, France. And I'm like, ooh, yeah, like, I I don't have anything to, like, I, like, maybe I'll learn something if I click on this, but, like, you, you haven't hooked me like i'm sorry yes. i well it's interesting cuz i and maybe this
1: is just because i'm uncultured but like when i <laughs> when when i see essayists bring up names and ideas that i've never heard of it almost makes me feel like they're they're trying to present themselves as this like authority of like i know yeah. this thing that has it's got a big word it's got a big you know there's a person that you a very obscure person you know this obscure person of course yeah. if you didn't know this obscure person why are you even here it's like it's kind <laughs> of like a, a like a, pr- a pretentious kind of thing and yeah. i am I, I mean i'm the king of pretense so like i get it but i <laughs> i always kind of internalized that I assume the person watching my video has absolutely no idea what I'm talking about. Yeah. And so I have to spend time selling them on this idea, which is why yes. I have so much context in my videos. Cause I'm just yeah. like, I can't just say who this per I can't just say this person's name. I have to give you this person's life story for a second. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I can I try to do tackle it at that angle where I'm like, here is a concept here is a person and it was new to me when I was researching it. So I'm going to explain it to you the best way that I know how, as if you Mm -hmm. are me from a couple months ago, who is, you know, like I'm basically like writing in a way that would make researching easier. If I sent my script back in time to my like former self, where it's just like, here's how, here's how it makes sense to explain it to past Scott, who had never heard of this idea before. Mm -hmm. You
0: know? Yeah. And I think that's, I feel like I try to do that too, like to be a little meta, like in the podcast, it's like, if I, if I just like put someone, like, if I just say like, Hey, I'm talking to Scott today and no one's heard of you before, uh, if they're not part of the, the nerd sync gang or whatever, it's like, trust me, I brought this guy on for a reason here's why like this there's, there's relevancy there's interesting things I want to learn about so like that's why that's why this person is here today like I that's think why it's... I had that that big introduction at the start it <laughs> yeah. all makes sense now <laughs> yeah like and that was it originally came because I I researched how you do interviews and how you make them engaging and so I followed that structure but like that was something that like really resonated with me as a taking out point of like you have to sell this person and end it with like the big introduction and so i think that's just something i've like carried on and i think that's cool that like you do that when you're introducing ideas and people
1: absolutely i mean Mm -hmm. because like yeah i i definitely tackle it from the perspective of like people are here to learn about something and if you don't know what i'm talking about then because i've i've listened to i one of my biggest inspirations on youtube was a show on pbs called idea channel with mike rugnetta who is brilliant um but sometimes mike talks in a way and presents ideas in a way where you have to be right in step with him or else it's not quite gonna make sense. Like I've had to mm. watch some of his videos in slow motion <laughs> just to just to <laughs> really see his words going and being like how is he going from there to there? I don't quite get that jump.
2: Yes. And so
1: and so maybe I overcompensate with that in my videos and write entire paragraphs when I could just be doing one sentence. But in my head, it just it allows me to make sure that anyone who's watching, regardless of their their familiarity with the topic that I'm talking about, Mm -hmm. knows what is what I'm saying. That's basically it.
0: Yeah. And I think that's I think it kind of comes to like having empathy for the viewer and not and putting your ego to the side, because I feel like that's something I've realized recently that I'm like, sometimes I want to pursue projects because I want people to see me in a certain light instead of like actually just talking about things that I really want to talk about. And that I've when you started talking about you had to like slow it down or really understand how they were going from point to point. Like I was a I was a math student in college. So I I did pure mathematics and so after the the my first class in college was all about proof writing and some kids would literally just go from like, they would condense it down to these like really sh- like even just symbols of like how you can prove something. And yeah. I didn't understand how they were getting from each point to each point. And I felt like when I was trying to write them, I was trying to explain why you could go from each step to each step, even though that was like already something you could assume at the beginning. So these ideas, like these theorems, I was trying to explain because I didn't understand why we could even use the theorems in the first place. But, and so that's like, and so if you, if I handed like my homework to someone that wasn't in the class, none of it would make sense. And I felt like that was really (laughs) frustrating because I couldn't, like I couldn't articulate to someone why what I was doing was interesting or exciting. And I feel like that's something that, has to come through, especially when you're trying to like connect with an audience. Absolutely. I mean, when you have like these big ideas that you need, like when
1: you're excited about something mm-hmm. and you want to make like a video about this thing, <laughs> uh-huh. you, you need everyone to be right there with you yes. or else, or else if you lose them, you're going to lose that same level excitement of excitement that you have. If you're yep. like, come with me on this journey and then you walk too fast for them and they lose where you are. They're uh-huh. not going to hit that same destination of where you are, where you're like, this yes. is the moment where I'm trying to lead you to here. Cause this is exciting, but like you move too quick or you're yes. weave, weave, weaving all over the place. Yep. And so like, that's so you probably can't tell from listening to this podcast because I've been speaking all over the place, without really <laughs> connecting thoughts. But when I have a script in front of me, I try really, really hard to make sure that every thought is connected to the last thought. Sometimes I spend entire days just writing the connective tissue between two ideas. Like yeah. I'll be like, here's a paragraph. That's great. Here's a paragraph. That's great. I need to connect them. I can't just go from one to the other. I need to lead people from one to the other. And so like that connective tissue is like so
0: important. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, yeah. Uh, Yeah. I feel like um, for me that like the perfect example was um, like when I was watching tangled, the series and talking about that on my channel a lot, it was like, there's crazy bits in this show that if you've only seen the movie, you would appreciate, but The way that I have to explain how we learned about this Mm -hmm. before we can even get into like the big revelation. And I feel the and the kind of the opposite of what you were talking about, of like building the connective tissue. I also felt like in the conclusion of videos, I had to like let go of some of that control so that the video could end quicker cuz i would write these like big conclusions and da, da 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 like yeah. let's reiterate everything again and like it would mean a lot to me if you would decide to make the decision to like subscribe today and like yeah. you can just say subscribe man like how do people end the videos <laughs> so quick i like studied how people finish their videos quicker yeah so. that's
1: wild i mean i i'm so bad about that cuz like i i will get to these points of videos where i'm like here is the end of the subject here's the end of the topic but i have to like i have to like give thanks to patreon i have to like recommend it i have to be like hey if you're like this go watch this other video
2: yeah and like
1: that's my that's one of my least favorite parts of youtube is like when i'm done with the topic but i still have to do these like best practices of like thanks for watching like and subscribe watch this other video yeah and it's just like i wish i could just end it on like a like hitting like this hard hitting like end conclusion thing and being like That's it. That's the video. See you next time.
0: Yes. I, uh, that's, I've had to, I remember dealing with that too. I've dealt with that a lot is like whenever I'll watch like a YouTube video from like one of the um, experts in the field and they'll be like, this is like the ideal way to intro a topic. Mm -hmm. And then it's kind of like, okay, like you've convinced me if I'm going to be producing videos in a frequent enough way and like, I want people to be retained, like this is the best way to do it. And I'm like, but then there's, there's also this like feeling of, you have to mold like you're taking your creativity and like just shoving it into a mold. And that feels like, like stifling, but then eventually like sometimes you can get used to it. And sometimes you have to like break the rules sometimes because you just can't (laughs) live that way
1: (laughs) absolutely i mean yeah i think for when i was starting on youtube for sure i was like here's here's the things that i like from these creators and and we'll put them together and i'll just try and make every video feel like it's in the same like the same like i want to make every video feel like it's a format and, and I mean, obviously that worked for me <laughs> at the time. <laughs> um, and then I just, yeah. But nowadays I'm very much like, I've got a little bit of a format. I think I've definitely got like a, I know how to do like a cold open sort of intro thing to the bumper and then, you know, do all these different, do the, do the actual video and <laughs> yeah. then then have to end it with like the Patreon and, and stuff. And so mm-hmm. like, there, there's still definitely a format in there, but it is, it's one of those things where it's I'm still kind of letting it evolve and and do what the video specifically needs rather than rather than trying to force a video into the format. I try to try to let the format be malleable for the video. Cause even like my Scooby-Doo video, one of my things on Patreon that I do is I, I like thank the patrons verbally and I say their names, but for that Scooby-Doo video, I ended it with like, a, a music like a song <laughs> or, um, I ended it with like a Scooby Doo medley mm-hmm. of like me singing it with uh, my good friends RKVC who did the, the music and the arrangement for it which is amazing and they I didn't want to talk over it I didn't want to be like here's the Patreon names that I'm reading over this thing that we spent a lot of time producing this song that we spent a lot of time producing mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't want to just do one after the other. I wanted it to really end on the song because it was very good. Uh, so I just I just told my patrons, I was like, hey, do you mind if I just don't read your names? Your names can be scrolling like credits, but I'm not going to read them because it would ruin the video. And everyone was like, yeah, do what you got to do, um, which was great because it meant that I got to, yeah, mold that kind of format that I have around the video, what the video actually needs. So. Sure, sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think – Yeah. And for for one of the most recent times for me, it was like I wanted some type of like intro sequence in my videos. And it was like figuring out a way to where do I put that? And it was like I tried things where I was like three minutes into the video. That's when I would like introduce myself because I'm like, oh, now they're already hooked. But then you saw like you can see the retention graph and people immediately skip over it or like drop off. So then it was yeah. like, where do I put this now? Like I like this. I yeah. want to have some type of unity and brand and stuff. Where do I put uh-huh. this? So then it's now it's just right at the beginning with the starting to talk right away too. That there's not yeah. like a moment where like a song plays and a sequence goes. It's yeah. just like all one thing. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, yeah finding I am, those different I gotta... things
1: yeah i gotta tell you i'm terrible at asking people to subscribe
0: i i like <laughs> i don't i do that
1: at the very end of my videos which is what they tell you not to do because they're like no yeah. hit them with it hit them with it like right at the start tell them to like and subscribe and do all this stuff like yeah, and i'm just like i don't know man i, I need to make sure that they like me <laughs> so I, <laughs> I wait until i wait until the very end um mm-hmm. which is probably not what i should be doing but i yeah. don't know for for me it's like for me it's like i want to get I want to make people stick around because the content is what I care about. So if there's fewer things that break up, you know, the story that I'm trying to tell, the better, even though that's probably not a YouTube best practice.
0: Yep. Yep. The, and I've, I've kind of went about it doing, I like intro the topic. And then I'm like, if you want to join this community that like, Um, like when I do a Phineas and Ferb video, I've recently been saying, if you want to join the tri-state area Disney fan club, make sure to subscribe. And so like try to do some,
1: yeah, kind of theme it around there as like a funny little joke. I like that. That's good. That's
0: good. Uh Uh-huh. But you know, it's, it's finding whatever you feel comfortable with because some, you know, Yeah, it's it's the fighting, figuring out what the best practices are and seeing if they can mold your style in a way that you feel comfortable with. I think – I think the thing is because I know a lot of
1: YouTubers feel this way where it's like, you have to do things that you don't want to do. Like yeah. begging for people to like and subscribe is not a thing that most creators enjoy doing. Like, yeah. I don't think anyone is like, Oh, my favorite part about writing a script is when I ask people to subscribe. <laughs> like, no, no. Like you just, you do, th- you have, you do your thing and then you have to do these things in order to to like continue making it on on the almighty algorithm,
0: yeah. Um,
1: and so it's yeah, it's one of those things where it's kind of frustrating in that sense to have to do these things that are like, uh, you know, in a better world I wouldn't have to do this. <laughs> I wouldn't have to design my thumbnails this way. I could make them more mm-hmm. artsy or whatever. But it's like you 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 fight between like, do I want people? So I want YouTube to keep recommending my stuff because I'm putting so much time and effort into it. Or do I want to like kind of begrudgingly be like, no, I'm going to do this my way. And if it fails, it fails. And that's mm-hmm. cer- I mean, either attitude is is whatever. You just got to know what you're getting yourself into. And yeah. I feel like a lot of people, myself included, fall into that camp of like, Man, I really hate having to do these. Quote unquote best practices, but like you gotta. And like, I Uh the thing that I love is writing and researching and editing, and I don't like begging people to like and subscribe, it's not my favorite thing in the
0: world. Yep,
1: but you know, it is what it is. Mm -hmm.
0: And for me, it's like the trying to figure out a way to like pitch Patreon. And that's like the thing is, like, I understand on YouTube, like, if people like people, they'll you know subscribe but like it's difficult to be like okay uh if you want more videos forever like please please give me money uh that would be really great please go to this other site because i don't have the join button um that would be great (laughs) yeah (laughs) so that's it's it's, uncomfortable
1: at times it is and like i think I think certain like wording and phrasing is very, very helpful. I, I mean, yeah. it's, it certainly is one of those things where I always tell people, like, take care of yourself first. And then if you have the ability and desire to support NerdSync, then yes. that, then you do you. Yeah. Um, that, yeah like, there's definitely
0: ways of framing it where it's like you are making your intent clear with yes. it. And it's yes. not just like, begging or like uh, used car ma- sale yeah men sales tactics of like yeah going about yeah, it I'm in a positive kind of way sleazy
1: yeah, yeah yeah it's it is certainly one of those things where i think more and more people are realizing how important that kind of support is and it doesn't even have to be patreon it can be um you know direct donations through uh, like a that person's website or something be through merch sales it can be through all yeah. sorts of different things like that kind of direct financial support i think people are realizing is uh vital for a lot of online creators yeah and because certainly at the start when i was doing like patreon and, and things like that it was really just i mean i was maybe making like 50 dollars a month from it yep. and i think I mean, which is great, obviously, but it's not enough to live on. Mm -hmm. And so I think once people realized that without that support, like there is a direct thing that could happen where NerdSync could be no more, I think that's when people are like, oh, I get it. That's what this is for. Because I think especially at the start of Patreon, it was a lot of like, Oh, you give people things you give them rewards and gifts for supporting you and it's like no the gift is that i can continue to make videos
0: yeah that's what i've been trying to put forward more because they're because people are pushing it to like um i mean like philip defranco super carlin brothers they're treating it more as like it's a subscription box yeah type of like reward system and that Totally gets people excited when they're invested in it. But like if, if you're not to that point yet, like it's, it's like, it's an insurance policy guys. Like if things suddenly change, like nothing, like it literally could be, I need to make a one video, you know, one video whenever I just have a weekend Saturday, but like everyone's lives is going to get more complicated typically your finances are going to get more complicated like Mm -hmm. it's it's to it's to ensure that if you want this forever (laughs) it really is Mm -hmm. Yeah, it
1: really really is so thank you to everyone who supports any creator out there holy cow you're amazing and you're doing a wonderful service
0: yeah absolutely like you're making you're making sure that it it's able to continue to live on and it's and it's not accessible to everyone, but like it means the world to the people that get to benefit from it.
1: <laughs> I mean, because even think about you—you you can think about it in that regard too, where like it's not accessible for everyone to be able to support people financially on yeah. Patreon, and so the people that are are allowing us to continue to make free content for everybody yep. for those people who don't have the ability uh, to to support creators, yeah, which I yeah. think is like so freaking cool and so noble and nice and generous that you are allowing other people to continue to have this content that that they enjoy that you enjoy Mm -hmm. it's amazing people are wonderful
0: yeah i i hadn't even thought about it like that is like it's enabling the people that can't pay for it to to see the content continue as well that's that's a really cool fact yeah so over over this long stretch of making content about comics and now more pop culture and your interests, how has your life as a fandom changed in a world where we got, like, the Dark Knight trilogy, the MCU, and you've been working on creating content for an audience around this topic?
1: I, I mean, I think I had started the channel in around... 2012 so this was like already first avengers movie happened
2: mm-hmm.
1: massive success people love comic book superhero movies <laughs> and i was like cool job security love that um and so as like the mcu gr- grew as like dc movies started coming out um <clears throat> it's just the comic book industry as a whole started to kind of challenge itself and uh become you know do do certain things that kind of pushed the boundaries of what the comic book medium, what people thought it could be. Mm -hmm. Um, I, you know, it's been very, very interesting. It's been a fantastic space to discuss and explore, Uh, especially because I don't, I think these, you know, the MCU movies, I think sometimes can get a bad rap for being like, oh, they're just popcorn movies. They don't have much meaning behind them. And I think there are certainly some movies that have more meaning than others to me personally. Mm-hmm. And, but I think there's a lot to work with in in the realm of comics and superheroes. And I think um, part of the goal of like NerdSync was to number one show that like you could learn about these interesting topics through something that you are already interested in, like comics and superheroes. But also number two, to show that stories involving superheroes are not just for like kids they are they can have these deep complex themes that we can explore so seeing that i made a video about uh four in the mcu which was like seeing his journey from like very vain kind of egotistical like yes i'm the king i'm the best at everything to like Feeling so incredibly defeated by the time that uh, Endgame came around, and like following that journey and kind of seeing myself reflected in there of like, oh, this literal god can have, uh, can have like this kind of inferiority kind of complex, and so you, it's very interesting to explore. And so, I think seeing these movies and and comics come out and try to push what people think they're capable of Mm -hmm. has only made it much more interesting for me to discuss on youtube
0: yeah yeah that makes a lot of sense the as as it's continued to grow you're able to find meaning in these pop culture like events that are continuing to be built up
1: yeah and and i mean and even as like i grow as a person like i i'm not i'm not the same person i was when i started making youtube videos so Mm -hmm. see being able to watch these characters grow on screen and also to watch myself grow on screen because i've been making videos (laughs) for so long um and yeah it's and yeah i i definitely appreciate that they're popular um i think I think there's like kind of a stereotype of people like not liking the popular thing of like, Oh, you're, you're not a real fan unless you know, this obscure thing or like, Oh, I hate that they took this thing that I love and made it mainstream. But it's like, I love when they take things that I love and make them mainstream because it means more people can enjoy it the way that I enjoy it. Aquaman is one of my favorite superheroes ever. And they made a big giant blockbuster movie about him. And I, it, it, is it the best movie ever no do i love that they made a giant blockbuster movie about aquaman <laughs> yes i do it's my favorite thing and i mm-hmm. i love that more people can enjoy the character of aquaman and i love that they're gonna continue to make movies with him so it's it's yeah seeing the, the kind of culture around comics and superhero movies go from like almost you know, good, there's a good amount of interest around like the early Spider-Man and X-Men films, but then just absolutely explode with like the MCU was
0: like, yes, I am a fan of watching this happen. Yep. Yeah, I agree. And that was the same kind of experience that like I had because I was such a huge fan of the Sam Raimi movies. So then when all of a sudden it was like the entire MCU was opening up, I'm like, okay, I'm invested in Spider-Man. So, like, let's go. I can't wait to see where all this stuff goes. I'm like, I wish we could see a little bit more, like, Oscorp and, like, more... Yeah. i <laughs> <laughs> yes. like, these, yeah, yeah. these more um, event films for Spider-Man that, like, have more ramifications for him. But, alas, that's... That's just my, that's just my fanboy for Sam Raimi. That's the pinnacle of right. Spider-Man for me, but whatever. <laughs> Look, I,
1: I, there's a big critique with with the current MCU Spider-Man films where they are almost too much focused more on Iron Man than Spider-Man. Um, which, yeah, where's like, Uncle Ben? But right. it's okay. Which like I get. <laughs> that being said, as a person who loves Mysterio, I will never, I will never not like. Far From Home as a movie. Mm-hmm. I, that's the one that people have so many like critiques about where it's like, just give us a story about Peter. Stop making all of his villains like people <laughs> that Iron Man made mad. Yeah. So it's just like, I don't know. I love Mysterio though. I'm not going to complain. But yes, in terms of like the Sam Raimi movies and just focusing specifically about Peter and his life and his struggle, yeah. those are so good and I wish we did have more of that.
0: Yeah. I think that's that's been my as the years have went on with the MCU that's been my it's been like the the most the coolest part and the thing that i think is holding it back is that it feels more like a 20 episode show that has like the largest budget of all time yeah and because it's all like this anthology movie that has these like culminating events everything has to connect But that means that it sometimes can come at the holding back certain characters because it has to be about the world more than the actual individual. But like sometimes it doesn't like obviously Iron Man stands on its own completely. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, for sure. There's moments like that where it totally does. Um, Mm -hmm. But some I enjoy them more because it's just a part of the whole thing. Mm -hmm. absolutely
1: there's a lot to love there's a lot to to kind of critique here and there for (laughs) sure but i mean as a whole i'm just glad that a gigantic part of pop culture right now are superheroes because i I love superheroes they're so interesting to talk about and watch Mm -hmm. and have very interesting creative discussions about
0: yeah i i think it's I think it's great, and I'm glad that DC's kind of going in their own direction with it. I feel like we're fine. We're getting into like a a new age of of superhero and like nerd culture with it. I mean, like Avengers Endgame. I when I watched that, my first thought was like this was this must have been what it was like to see Return of the King in theaters. I'm like yeah. that. That's what it must have been like. <laughs> oh,
1: that's a good way to put it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, it was such an ambitious... I mean, the whole MCU has been so ambitious. Uh, mm-hmm. And to, to do a movie where... To, to make a movie like Endgame where it has so many moving parts and so many side characters and so many main mm-hmm. characters that it's like yeah. how... How could anyone possibly follow what's going on? But -hmm. it's just because it was set up throughout, you know, over a decade of other films that it's like, okay, this is, I get this. This movie that would make no sense any other way makes sense. And is good and entertaining. Yep. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It, it does a good job of building itself up and being patient with itself. Yeah. And
1: I do like how DC is doing like their own thing. It seems they've got some actors staying on to roles, uh, Wonder Woman, Aquaman. Um, and they've got, they're, they're doing all sorts of different things, all sorts of different universes and multiverses mm-hmm. and, and multiple different Batman <laughs> going yeah. on at once. And, different tones i loved the movie shazam i think a lot of people don't like it for some reason i think they Mm -hmm. were like they wanted something more serious and gritty but it's like shazam is like a kid who could turn into a superhero of course it's gonna be silly and fun (laughs) and so like i i love that they're striking these different tones not everything has to be dark and gritty it can be silly it can be fun yeah and i like both that even aquaman has a lot of very silly fun moments Mm uh so I I'm liking I'm liking that direction. I hope that they continue to just. I don't even care. I don't need everything to be as connected as the MCU. I mm-hmm. like that DC is like we're not even going to try that anymore. We're just going to make movies about our characters, and we'll, we're just going to say they're all in like this big giant multiverse that maybe or maybe aren't connected. Who knows?
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: just let it go. Just make a good movie without having to worry about continuity so much. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. I think like the success of the Joker Stan- yeah. like was just it just got it it just validated everything that is like just make a good movie <laughs>
1: just make a good movie yeah. just make make a movie don't carry about don't care about continuity and just yeah. do something fun and good mm-hmm. and I mean well I guess we're saying this in the days before they released the the Snyder cut, so who knows? <laughs> Maybe that was secretly going to be good the
0: whole time. I I I don't think so. But who I knows? wouldn't either. I I I, yeah. I wouldn't put money on the fact. I don't think it would have made vastly more money if the Snyder cut would have been originally released. Yeah, especially with the performance of the previous Snyder movies that DC was producing. But no. whatever. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see we'll see see what happens (laughs) exactly um but in this in this age of superheroes and you're exploring your channel um doing these larger projects and having the security to do it where do you see your channel going in the future or what do you personally want to accomplish in the future
1: i'm going to assume that the future will have the world go back to somewhat normal. Okay. Um, <laughs> and then positive it, assumption.
0: It, Good job. Yes, yes, yes.
1: And so, what I would love to do. So, a giant stretch goal of mine is to kind of give live talks, I guess, about these kinds of subjects. Mm. Um, I something that I've always wanted to do is not necessarily like a TED Talk sort of thing, although that would be cool to hold like a whole conference about pop culture essays that would be fun i would love to do that um but i kind of want to take kind of like nerd sync on the road a little bit and do basically make take a format of a nerd sync video it can be a long one that makes sense to do a long one live and with music with cool special effects on stage and whatever just do like a whole video production but live in front of an audience where we talk about these interesting things. We talk about pop culture and superheroes and dive into them in interesting, you know, essay kind of ways, but also have these, have this music in the background with like a live band, maybe who's like underscoring things that I'm saying. And there's like maybe, bits like with my scooby-doo video where there's like bits where like i'm being chased by a ghost simultaneously so it's kind of fun (laughs) and silly um so it's like a performance but it's an educational performance you know Mm. and so it's hard for me to vocalize what that even looks like but in my head it's very much just like a very musical very theatrical it's like a theatrical ted talk i guess you know like there's yeah. there's music there's there's special effects there's costuming there's bits where i just stand and talk at the crowd about this interesting idea and maybe there's some acting involved but it's all in service of making people think about things in pop culture and mm-hmm. getting them to think in an interesting way that is both engaging and hopefully fascinating to hear i don't know if that makes sense i don't know if that translates well into a a, a vision but that is something Uh, that i've been thinking about doing for a long time somehow
0: i think it sounds pretty compelling because like just the idea of like i could start to see the layers of that what you were talking about like the scooby-doo video especially with so like a continuity of story that was going on in your video as you were explaining the idea like i feel like that was such a that was what i was picturing when you were talking about that and the idea of the ghost and everything and i think i feel like since we have examples of people doing that with science demonstrations yeah and there's comedy like tours people that do like puppetry live and I th- oh. I feel like there's something interesting of like exploring pop culture in a way like that.
1: I mean, there I, I I'm inspired by a lot of people who just are storytellers who are just they just go mm-hmm. around and do tours of just telling stories, and I'm like that's what I want to do. I want to be kind of a storyteller, but my ideas are presented with. Where a lot of information and, and, but in also a way that's kind of fun and silly, but also kind of serious and like really hits hard at the end. You know, I basically, it's just, it's just me wanting to try and create one of my videos, but in a live setting with that, with an audience. And I don't even know how I would begin to pursue that sort of thing. Um, <laughs>
0: uh-huh. But
1: hopefully if, if, and when the world goes back to normal, uh that would be a fun thing to to build up to uh as like a very far into the future goal for me um that is that is kind of where i see that and obviously there's there's stuff to be said about you had mentioned wanting to like turn some of your ideas into like a book i get a lot of that as well there's like Mm -hmm. a series that i do on on youtube called the the real origins which is like the real world history behind how superheroes were created so rather than being like you know, uh, Spider-Man was bitten by a radioactive spider. It would be like, no, the real origin is that like Stan Lee was thinking of like uh, superpower ideas and saw a bug crawling on a wall and was like, that's a cool power. What if we could have someone who clings to walls? So it's like, it's the real world history behind this, these characters. And those are some of the best performing videos on my channel. And I was like, what if I just package those and turn those into like, uh, a textbook, So it reads like a school textbook with lots of images and colors and things. And you just flip and you flip to it. Like you flip through it and you see, you know, maybe it's an alphabetical order or something. I don't know, but it would just be, yeah, it would be like a textbook about superheroes and history. And I think that would be very interesting.
0: Oh, wow. See, that's, I find that fascinating because I was really into, like Star Wars visual guides and encyclopedias yeah. growing up. Yes. So I feel like that would be such a cool way to package something like that. Yes. Because I... they're it's so because they're so fun because they're engaging and they're so like information dense. Yes. And the other thing about that too is like oftentimes like obviously all of the information that you could ever want to learn about a lot of these topics are all online, but the difficulty mm-hmm. is that outside of YouTube and social media, there's not a good way to like discover new things. Yes. And That's the, like, if you know, you want to learn about Chewbacca or Iron Man, you can find a page, but it, is it more, it's much more difficult to just suddenly stumble upon iron man's third hookup or something like that yeah that's that's something you can only find on the beauty of youtube (laughs) yeah
1: absolutely
0: (laughs) yeah no i
1: mean it's it it strikes me as one of those things again balancing the pop culture with the educational where it's like Mm -hmm. i want to have all this pop culture stuff with these superheroes but presented in a format that's very like recognizably educational where like someone could pick it up and think this is a history book this is a history textbook Uh from a school but it's not it's about superheroes it could be in a school though if you they teach uh they teach comics comics classes as like literature classes in some colleges around the the country which i've always been jealous of because i've never been able to go to any of them Mm -hmm. but uh i'm like hey
0: i got a book for you eventually someday i can i can just picture it it's like all those layers of colors and like faded images in the back it's like yes
1: (laughs) Uh, Um, people writing notes in the margins (laughs) yes i love it i want i want it to be used i want it to be dog-eared pages and well-loved and uh, yeah i love it the little assignment section at the end with the answers in the back (laughs) (laughs) yeah you know what i'm waiting on teachers to turn it into assignments i'll just write my own assignments in the back
0: Oh, wow. Yeah, I, f- I feel like that's that's something that, like, I eventually... I think it'll be something for both of us where we have, like, these ideas and eventually they'll just kind of bubble over and then we'll just have to do them. And I feel like yeah. that's kind of what's happening with, like, you just yes. eventually have to do things after you sit on it long enough. If it means enough. <laughs> yeah, Yeah. If it means enough
1: to you and you have the... The ability to even do it yeah you know with uh, with everything that's going on in the world it's understandable if you can't get to a thing that you want to do because there's lots of other stuff going on yeah. but if you have time if you've got th- that that deep deep down desire it's gonna happen you're yep. you're gonna have to it's gonna it's like you said it's gonna bubble up it's gonna be like i can't not do this thing yep. yeah
0: exactly oh Love it. Yeah. It makes, makes me feel optimistic <laughs> talking about <laughs> stuff like this. It's like,
1: it all... does. I'm like motivated to look through all the things I've written right now. I've, I've got mm-hmm. a good amount of chapters written. I'm like, okay, how far along am I? How can I, <laughs> how can I finish this within the month?
0: Uh. <laughs> oh. So finally, Scott, I want you to tell the listeners what you feel is the number one piece of advice that would help them follow their dreams, whatever that may look like for them. I love this
1: question um, because it's something that I thought about a lot and it is, it's something that has stuck with me a lot. Uh, You know, I think there's a, there's a big classic piece of advice where people say, follow your passion. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, that's a fantastic piece of advice for people who know what their passion is. Mm-hmm. When I was in college, I didn't know what my passion was. I thought it was going to be filmmaking, and then a documentary swiftly pulled that
2: out
1: <laughs> from under me. And so I was just kind of stuck in this limbo of like, well, what do I even want to do then? I want to follow my passion, but I don't know what my passion is. hmm and what I have found that helped me, if you don't know what you want to do, if you don't have this thing that's, that's burning inside of you to go and pursue that, then follow instead your curiosity, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, because that to me is how I stumbled upon doing what I'm doing now. I was like, well, I could sit in class and learn about all of this stuff, but I I feel like I already know all of this stuff. So what if I just tried making YouTube videos? I've never tried making YouTube videos before, but I watch a lot of it and I'm curious about how that world works. And so I followed that curiosity and I just kept at it and it became my passion it became the thing that i look forward to the most this thing that i had no idea even existed i didn't know i could do this as a job i didn't know i could talk about scooby-doo and bob ross and all this stuff and have people care about what i have to say (laughs) but i followed that this little voice in my head that's like i don't know try it see what happens you know Mm -hmm. and it very rapidly became the thing where I was like, no, this is what I want to do forever. And I think if you don't, if you're like me and you're sitting there being like, I want to follow my passion. I want to do that. I just don't know what that is yet. Then just think about the things that are interesting to you and think about all of these things that you that you are just curious about. Can I make a job out of doing this sort of thing? Maybe, I don't know. Let's just try and get better at this thing every day that I really like. And so having having these, like asking questions and, and finding interest in these things and, and really just pushing yourself to to learn and grow and yeah, follow your curiosity. That's mm-hmm. what I would say
0: yeah i like that um little bit of a tweak to it uh yeah. the typical follow your passion things because i feel like oftentimes it's kind of if you especially if you do something long enough too that you can sometimes feel like put on a rails even though like you put yourself on the rails yeah and sometimes you just have to and or some other person put you on the rails or kind of molded what you thought you should be doing yeah like the idea that you just need to like be willing to go off a path because you might be willing to see see a new opportunity explore
1: explore what's what feels interesting to you and Uh i I do feel like because it can be a little nerve-wracking if someone's like you know if you hear the phrase like over and over again of like you know well just follow your passion follow your passion for a person who doesn't know what that is that can almost be disheartening to be like i don't i want to (laughs) i want to do that but like how what is my passion i don't Mm -hmm. know um yeah so so like allowing yourself to say it's okay that you don't know what it is right now yep But allow yourself that that freedom and experimentation to find what what that is. Mm -hmm. And then once you've got it, once you've got that taste of that thing that you love and you can't live without, then you got to pursue it with everything that you have.
0: Uh huh. Yeah, exactly. Especially especially if you have like the other thing, if you have no things or too many things, it's like you just have to like start making decisions and just kind of like, yeah flutter around and, yeah. and figure it out. Cause it's like, you can't, I, I've been learning more and more recently that you, you can't figure things out by just thinking about it in isolation. And yeah. I'm definitely someone <laughs> who overthinks it too much. You just got to oh, follow the feeling. It. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. Absolutely. And like, and, and this, this applies to there are so many people who, who don't just have, I mean, I don't just have this one passion. I've got so many and so but i but i've only discovered them through just being curious and being like oh that's interesting i i wonder what that's all about mm-hmm. you know all of the me asking questions about like oh that's i've always how do you play dungeons and dragons that's interesting <laughs> and then going out and, and actually trying to learn how to do that or like huh how do because again like I, I was never good in school uh, with like history and philosophy but Mm. like so i just assumed oh yeah learning educational things that's never gonna be for me yeah and then as i started asking questions about the things that i like about the media that i i I enjoy and i started like following this like tunnel down to these like depths of like Ooh, these are interesting ideas. Oops. Surprise. I'm educating myself. Whoops. (laughs) Didn't mean for that to happen. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and so it just, it it allowed me to be like, no, actually I do like this. I didn't think that I liked this, Mm -hmm. but following it on this new path, uh, made me kind of open my eyes a little bit. So yeah, I would, I would say definitely, uh, just just keep chasing down things that interest you.
0: Yeah. yeah. Keep keep up the curiosity, everyone. Keep up the curiosity. <laughs> be curious. Uh-huh. Well, thank you so much for coming onto the podcast, Scott. It's been an absolute pleasure to be able to talk to you today. <laughs> I,
1: this has been so much fun. Thank you so much for having me. My voice is about to give out because I've just <laughs> been talking for so long because you ask such good questions. And I just, like, I just like talking to you. I think you're great.
0: Oh, thank you. Yeah, I love being able to talk to other creators, especially ones that I watch myself learn, learn from, and get a sense of where they came from and where they might be going. I feel, I feel like every creator I talk to has a different wild vision for something outside of YouTube. It's always yeah. so cool to hear about.
1: Oh, uh, but you know it's it, we're all very creative people and I, yeah. I it's always fun to see the people who are like
0: oh i have this idea i've got that idea and it's like how would you even think of that <laughs> yep <Yeah>. exactly <laughs> it can be inspiring in and of itself to hear that other people are optimistic about what they're going to be doing in the future yes mm-hmm. absolutely it's
1: very motivating. i mean i feel incredibly motivated just having this conversation with you
0: yeah so. yeah i i mean especially as someone who like you know, it's been quarantining and doesn't live around lots of creators. It's yeah. I f- I definitely feed off the energy of other people that are being motivated to create things. Yes.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's a it's a fun it's a fun kind of like, um, yeah. There's like a I can't even think of the word, but it's like like a perpetual kind of motion kind of thing where it's like yeah you feed into that and it just keeps going and going and going <laughs> forever.
0: And that's that's how I
1: feel right mm-hmm.
0: now. <laughs> oh, thank you. That that means a <laughs> lot. I'm glad you were able to enjoy your time talking to me. Um it's been so fun to All of you who are listening, if you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to the podcast. And as I continue to share the stories of people who are following their passions, uh, being curious about what they're interested in doing in the future and achieving their dreams, it'd mean a lot if you share the podcast with a friend. To all of you fun people who are out in the world, thank you so much for listening and have a magical day.